Welcome to What About This, a show where we talk about all the interesting consumer tech stories that we think you should know about. Today, we're discussing this week's Apple event and all of the expensive things Tim released during the one-hour broadcast. So, you know, obviously the event, it starts in the Apple Park in Cupertino. And this is Apple's third event during quarantine, I believe. I think the first one was WWDC. That was like in June. Correct. Then after that, they had uh, the the Apple like Apple Watch iPad event. That was kind of in September. That was last mm-hmm. month, really. And uh, then we have this one. That's October. And so uh, at this point, they've kind of gotten things down. And so opening the like broadcast the cinematics and the video angles they were honestly pretty good they were like on point it's not even just the cinematics like their new like facility is really nice yeah because i don't even remember exactly when like i remember actually i shouldn't say that but like i don't remember exactly when apple park was built um but i remember kind of it being discussed when that whole thing was happening and so they're definitely showing it off quite a lot oh yeah (laughs) Definitely showing it off quite a lot. Especially with their effects, dude. Their effects are completely, like, top-notch, like Apple has always done. I'm not going to lie. The video slash marketing team at Apple, they are honestly A1. Like, I don't know how you get on there. Uh, But, so, Tim, you know, he introduces us, you know, to the whole event. Kind of the usual thing that he's been doing. Introduces us to the space, all that stuff. And then we kind of start getting into the subsections of the different things that are being released and um, all of that stuff. And so the event kind of starts with the HomePod Mini. And so straight off the bat, you know, they introduce, I don't remember exactly how they introduced this, if they like started with a trailer or whatever, but straight off the bat, the first thing I thought about was like, this thing looks like a candle. Like I'm talking like a Yankee candle from like Kohl's or something. I'm like, I don't know what you thought like when you saw it. I just thought it looked kind of interesting. Honestly, I thought it looked clean. I thought it's simple. It's going to fit in everyone's setup. You're not going to really, it's not going to, you know, just stand out. It's just going to like blend a Yankee in. Candle. Exactly. <laughs> oh my gosh. And so I'm like, yeah, it's definitely really aesthetically pleasing, like the little cross stitching. It definitely kind of fits the HomePod uh, kind of aesthetics they have going on. And it'll definitely fit on like a shelf, a table, all of that stuff. Oh yeah. And like, I don't know. I guess I've never really used like uh like a assistant speaker like I I don't own one because I just don't feel that like I really need it, but I feel like if I was looking for one like especially one that looked good, I would uh, I feel like that one looks pretty good. I will say though for myself I actually got the um what was it what was it what was it the uh, Google Pod or oh the what did they call it the Google Home the Google Home yes I actually had one I got one for like a few Christmas ago. And I gotta admit, for everyday use, it wasn't bad. Um, You're definitely limited limited to your choices of, I guess, services. So mm-hmm. when it came to you know checking the weather, okay, that was cool, that was nice. But when it came to practicality, it's way easier to just you know open your phone, just look at the weather, see the news, than just saying, "Hey Google," or "Hey Apple," or "Hey Siri," and say. That's what I'm saying because I'm like, I feel like the practicality of having this assistant there's kind of like it depends on like what like you add like as a person have in your house because i mean if you have like you know a whole smart home affair you have your whole philips hue set up mm-hmm. like you got like the lights the alarm system all this stuff connected like i feel like it makes a lot of sense because you can be like oh hey siri or okay google turn off the lights and so i feel like it just makes a lot of sense if you have that kind of ecosystem set up but if you're just like a normal person, all it's really good for is like some quick answers, weather, yeah. or like some music. And like, yeah, no, that's really all that is really going to be used for. Um, it's definitely going to be like a flex, though. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, you know, I have the, you know, the home pod, you mm-hmm. know, like all Apple products. Oh, yeah. I mean, just going <laughs> to flash it there. But mm-hmm. for everyday use, I don't think it's there for the average consumer. But definitely, like you yeah. said, the people who have, you know, like the hue, who have all the lights connected, especially for streamers, you know, you see them, they walk into a room, hey, you know, turn on lights or turn them off and they're good. Yeah. And so I'm like, I guess it, it, it depends on the type of person you are. Yeah, correct. 
But pretty much in the event, of course, they did talk about how, you know, it's, it supports Siri. Um, but they also talked a bit on the sound quality. And so they kind of talked about how it's supposed to have a 360 degree sound dispersion. So it covers like the whole room mm-hmm. and how they just really optimize it, you know, dip, like based off its size to fit like whatever environment it's put in and kind of give the best uh, sound quality. Uh, would you say yourself, have you ever bought one of those speakers or ever heard them before? I heard the original sound, uh, not the original sound pod. Uh, the original HomePod, um, one of my friends back at college had one in their dorm, and it sounded pretty good. I'm actually not going to lie. The The audio was crisp, and the bass was actually pretty good. No, even from my experience, uh, you know, when you go to Best Buy and you check mm-hmm. out the speakers they have. <laughs> you have, like, all these different sounds from all these oh, yeah. different speakers. People are testing, just, like, going in the background. And, like the um what's it called it was called the bose evolve it's small it's Mm -hmm. circle and it just fills up the whole place and i gotta bet those small little speakers they may be small but they pack a punch nowadays that's what i'm saying like like even companies like anchor i've been seeing like all these companies coming out with these small speakers that like actually pack like a pretty big sound oh yeah like i remember so it's easy to carry and stuff i remember back in the day like those small little speakers they weren't worth the money like five, oh, yeah. ten years ago, they were they were horrible. But like, oh, in you rec- would have some that were like, oh, good. Like in recent years, they've really just made them actually sound really crisp. Yeah, that's why I'm like, it's honestly surprising because I remember like back in the day, you would have like either a speaker that sounded good that was small, but it was kind of quiet, or you'd have these ones that like made it their life like mission to sound really loud. But then have like really poor. Audio. Then you hear the bass would like get distorted. It was exactly, it was horrible. and it's just like yeah, it's just not not it. And so I'm like, I guess um, hopefully it's gonna be as good as they've been kind of hyping it up to be. But um, that was kind of one of the main things that they talked about. They also talk about uh, how it's supposed to kind of work in unison with any other ones you have around. So if you have two of them in the same room, for example, they'll work in a stereo pair. And then there are just some other small Apple things. Like if you bring your phone near it, like you would with a AirPods case or something, when you're trying to connect it, you'll kind of get this haptic feedback. And then the music that you're playing on your phone will just automatically start playing on the speaker. So I guess that's kind of something cool. And correct me if I'm wrong. They also had a feature where they're saying you could actually have them all on a uh, like a mesh network together. I think so, yeah. So you could kind of have it like playing around the house, like, and not just playing around the house. You could also, like, let people know or hit people up in different rooms. Like, let's say you're lazy, you know, you're laying on the couch. Be like, hey, go. That was I saw that. Yeah, be like, <laughs> hey, like, Devin. Hey, can you tell Devin to, you know, he needs to clean his room. It's like okay, that's actually kind of cool and useful. Yeah, because I think they had like something during the video that was like they had this example. I think the dad came home or something. It was like oh uh pizza is like on the like downstairs or something and then like it goes through everyone's intercom thing and then they they have the people in different places like oh man like yeah that, that sounds good right now like that's just what i was thinking i was like bro honestly in my house people would just yell <laughs> but <laughs> there'd be some people that'll take the time to you know be like oh uh hey siri tell everyone on my network or whatever that food's ready when you know it's, it's just is much quicker to just yell but you <laughs> no know. no you're right but like one thing also it's one of those things that it's a cool idea but in practicality use think about it like i i live in a house where people either like you said yell or we're just gonna walk across the house and be like hey dinner is ready or right when you hear the front door open you're like oh food's here you know exactly so am i really gonna pay what it's good because $99, e- $99 but remember, you're going to have to buy one for each room of your house. So that's that true. price is going to go that up. starts to stack up, yeah. And let's say you just have three. That's $300 when you could have just walked a few steps. <laughs> exactly. And be like, hey, so, food's ready. Correct, yeah. Right, yeah. So I don't know. That's kind of one of those things. I feel like uh, I think Sonos was kind of one of those companies that did something similar. But that's kind of something that they're trying to get into. Also, I noticed during the broadcast, they talked about the different uh, kind of 
music software apps mm-hmm. that are going to be supported. And so they talked about how they're going to have iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Radio.com. Then they talked about some music apps that are going to be added later, like Pandora and Amazon Music. But they didn't say Spotify. And so I don't know if that's just they chose not to say it or if they just actually aren't planning on having it supported. I mean, because I'm like, you uh, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, most likely they aren't going to have it supported because remember, they have Apple Music. Why would they want to compete with someone on their own turf or on their own place? But here's the deal. There are so many people who use Spotify over, you know, Apple Music. That's what I'm saying. And if you pull up the graphs, you can actually look up. Everyone uses pretty much Spotify out of everything. Exactly. Like on an international basis, Spotify dwarfs literally all the other streaming providers. And so while I understand that they're trying to make it an Apple experience, they could potentially lose customers by doing that. Oh, correct. Yeah. But that was pretty much um, all I really saw, or at least took away from the HomePod mini release. Uh, There was just some other stuff that they discussed, kind of about how it works in HomeKit and stuff. Um, And then it all comes to that price point of $99. But I don't think $99 is a bad price at all. I think that is going to hit the perfect area, perfect sweet spot for that device. Exactly, because Google just released their Nest Audio. I don't know if they're just going to be ending the whole Google Home thing or not, but uh, it seems like they're trying to expand their Nest line since they acquired Nest. And so their new kind of uh, assistant speaker, they released that at $99. What is that last week? And I think Amazon released their new Alexa speaker, I think at 99 as well. And so I guess they're just trying to get in that competitive uh, field with their more affordable in quotations yeah. speaker all right but let's see what was next what was what happened next oh next next was about 5g we're preaching on uh, how pri- 5g is the future right uh yes 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 but when it comes down to 5g 5g is this cool thing where you're supposed to be getting correct me if i'm wrong gigabit speeds yeah, like the, the it's all about the speed. It's supposed to be like it's all about really fast. Yeah. Like yeah, and but here's the deal: it is not practical though. It's not practical in any way unless you are in a tech area, right? Let's say mm-hmm. what um, Silicon Valley, right? Mm-hmm. You probably won't be having five G all the time. And from what we've heard so far, from I think the past year, is that. You'll get it pop up for maybe a few seconds. Maybe if you're walking around, right? You'll get it for a bit, but it drops out really fast. Because it's just like not widespread. It's not widespread. And the range on the yeah. receivers are very small. It's not, it's not as expensive as like 4G and LTE and stuff. And it also comes down to is how, like, who, who here is actually going to use that speed? You know? That's what I'm kind of like wondering too. Because... Like, I understand that there might be some people that, like, say they're out on, like, I don't even know what a perfect situation would be. Maybe you need to, like, you're out in some area that's not your house or something. You need to upload, like, some big file or, like, some video file or something. So you need those speeds so you can get it done quick. But I feel like for most people, like, LTE is really good enough like on four no, on the 4g it, it completely basis. is because you get i think the top speed or some of the tops that we see on there is about 350 mm-hmm. mb and that's honestly fast enough now if you hotspot that to your computer that's where i think it's going to be at even for that's 5g kind of like yeah because that's where i see it could be practical because your phone Honestly, you probably would never use that actual speed on your phone, but on your laptop over a tether or a hotspot, that's when you really will get to actually use that full speed. Let's say for, you know, people uploading a video to YouTube, that's going to be amazing. But also that runs into, will your carrier throttle you if you're actually using, you know, those high speeds consistently, but you know, you probably won't have to worry about that. That's true. But also we have to look at, battery life issues that's kind of what i'm wondering about because yeah it's good to have these high speeds but then like will it have a toll on the actual phone itself and that's the thing this may impact battery to where it's 
your phone maybe die will die faster than how it normally does. And that's not a good user experience. You want a battery that's going to last you the whole day. But let's say you're on 5G, you know, in theory, you're on 5G the whole day. That may be a battery problem. That may affect it. So you, you get that all day to the end of the day with 10, 20% to where you're barely pushing maybe 10% or your phone's dead. Yeah. And so like, I kind of wonder if 5G is kind of one of those type of things, or at least the 5G antennas and just like mm-hmm. the way the phone receives the actual 5g i wonder if that's one of those things you can actually optimize to the point that like oh these antennas are being more efficient mm-hmm. they're not like using up as much power i wonder if that's kind of something that happened with 4g where like they're able to optimize kind of how the phone accesses yeah, i would agree but <clears throat> we're just gonna have to see what happens when it could re- finally gets released um because on the iPhone, it may be optimized. It may actually be great. It may it may not even affect the battery that much. But also, it really just depends on the phone. Now, here's a question I have for you. Do you think that Apple is making, let's say, their phones more expensive because of the 5G on it? Because we see that happening a lot in the Android territory, where once you throw on that 5G sticker, you get those up about... A few hundred bucks i kind of don't I, I don't know i guess that's kind of up to them mm-hmm. uh in the long term but i feel like they definitely could have it to or at a point where they kind of base their tiers off of oh what speeds will you get from this phone what speeds will you get from that phone i don't know what they can do in terms of the pricing uh difference because mm-hmm. i don't know if 5g antenna necessarily justifies like a hundred dollars more but they definitely could if they got to a point where they weren't making like more innovations that kind of differentiate the models enough agreed all right then what about the bill though will will your bill be more expensive just because you have that 5g that may be just coming in and out now and then will you get charged for that is a big you know question people have probably as well that's what like that's another one of those things i'm kind of like wondering like when it comes to the carrier how they're going to charge you for that because i feel like they can't like like the way they charge has to be different because with 4g like lte you know you're getting coverage pretty much anywhere you go like Correct. throughout the country you know you know you're getting like at least 4g coverage in most situations of course like when you're in rural areas you know depending on the coverage you won't be getting those speeds but you know for the most part you'll have access to the speeds you're paying for but with 5g i feel like it's different because the network is just not as expansive as the 4g network is and then if you're not using it all the time and it's like, uh, I, I don't know what Apple refers to it as, but I think they talked about how their phone will kind of be able to sense when 5G is needed and when it isn't. And so I'm like, is that going to be something, maybe it'll be a pay for how much you use type thing where they won't necessarily charge you like a fixed rate, but they'll charge you for how much 5G you actually use, which I feel like would be the most feasible. Oh, yeah but i don't know oh uh, we'll just have to again like we'll just have to see when it comes out and see what people say about it yeah well that's kind of what it comes to at the end of the day and then kind of how fast the carriers expand their coverage pretty much yeah but i guess moving on from that of course that wasn't what people came to the event for oh no (laughs) the phones were and so Apple kind of kicks off their phone releases. Uh, They start with the iPhone 12. And so, first thing, I see this phone. And, of course, people have been kind of seeing leaks from uh, from months, years. Well, not years, but, like, we'd been seeing leaks coming out. We weren't necessarily surprised. And, like, it kind of even got to the point, like, I stopped really looking for and caring about, like, the leaks that people were, like, releasing. Because I actually want... I want to come to the event and actually be somewhat intrigued 
and not just be like, oh, yeah, I already knew that was coming out. Like, what's next? I mean, and we so, saw, go ahead. I was just going to say, like, we've seen that, like, was it with uh, Google, the Pixel? Mm-hmm. Like, pretty much for the past two generations, I think, it's been leaked and it completely killed the hype for the phone. Exactly. Everyone was, you know, like, you know, hyped up for it. And when it came out, it was just like, that's, it's, we already know what it is. So why, why buy it? Why get it? Exactly. You know? But like, like with Apple, oh, with Apple, I was just going to say that with Apple, it's like, you know, we may be able to see what it looks like, but it's always like a refresh feel. Like it always mm-hmm. feels welcome. Mm-hmm. And I don't even know. I feel like these days, honestly, I like I sometimes wonder if these leaks are actually leaks or if they're more of the company trying to get a feel for what people think about the device. I mean, it could just be a new marketing strategy, honestly. That's what I'm wondering. Because I feel like back in the day, you know, you'd be getting these pictures, like these blurry pictures that look like they were taken with a tin can, like of a a little corner (laughs) of the phone. But now I swear you're getting like full marketing pictures. Like I'm talking some 4K content of these devices. I'm like, bro, what is going on with the company? Like there's no way fools aren't able to control the flow of the flow of information when we're getting full renders of these Mm -hmm. devices like come on now but i don't know i guess that's really up to the company at the end of the day but so we see this phone first thing i'm like these these sides the sides of this phone they've gone back to the iphone 5s flat sides and I'm not really that big of a fan of the design. Like, I feel like it might have just been to change up the design from the iPhone 11 just to make it a bit different. So, you know, it's a selling point. So do you but, feel like they're going backwards, though? I mean, of course, in technological innovations and, like, the actual stuff in the phone, they're going forwards. Mm-hmm. But I feel like in terms of design, they've kind of plateaued. And they're kind of looking for something, you know... To change it back. I guess they didn't necessarily reference the iPhone 5 or like mm-hmm. necessarily talk about it being some nostalgia type uh, decision. Mm-hmm. But I feel like it was just to change up the design a bit. And like, I know you say you're not the biggest fan of it, mm-hmm. but at the same time, it still looks clean though. I It definitely does look clean. It definitely does look clean. Like saw, I, I won't, I won't say like it doesn't, but like, it, it definitely, it definitely looks pretty clean. I think it just fits kind of like with the modern look, mm-hmm. and that's you know with all iPhones. But I still think it's it's a nice looking device. Yeah, you know, it's gonna. Oh man, how would I word this? I think it's just gonna be something you can throw in your pocket, and you'll feel it. Like you'll know it's oh, there. Oh, hundred percent. Like, I remember I had a slimmer phones and things with slimmer phones, like sometimes it's not that easy to pull out, mm-hmm. you know, it would just sometimes just move away too much. But with a square, it's just perfect. Yeah. Like it just stays stationary. You don't really have to worry about, you know, that camera bump, which I don't know if we're gonna have to worry about it this year, but yeah. I don't know. I mean, the phone itself is slimmer. So I guess there was some, you know, thought that went into the design mm-hmm. that enabled it to be uh, slimmer. I guess the boxier design probably made it easier to fit like all of the components and stuff in because then you don't have to worry about like the curved edges that the phone you normally has. You can just kind of squeeze everything in there. It may also be cheaper to make as well. Because that of is that square. true. Because then, you'd, yeah, probably easier to CNC cut. But I don't know. I just, the design, I guess it's kind of one of those Apple things. It was like the notch. People didn't like it at first, but it grows. It grows. On oh, people. yeah. I mean, and so, I was, like, let's just take a second on the notch real quick. Mm-hmm. Like, I still feel like Apple's notch is just way too big. Yeah. From I my, mean, my side, I think it is, you know, way too big. Go on. I mean, like. I feel like we've seen some worse. Mm-hmm. Not saying any names, but uh, <laughs> Pixel, Pixel, bro. Pixel had a 
whole bathtub. Like they, they had a whole ditch of they had a whole ditch on the top of their phone. Like I don't even know what to call it. Like they It wasn't really attractive. Had, like, it was not at all. But, I forgot exactly what sensors they had in there, but it it they took a full like point like two thirds of an inch out of the screen at the top there. I was like, I don't know what's happening here. Even with the sensors that you know are there, we've seen other companies where they make it very thin, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm like, I don't know if you remember the um, Samsung Galaxy S9, where they had bezels on the top and bottom, mm-hmm. but they were very thin, and they could still fit on all the sensors. Like, I wouldn't mind a bezel if you know a phone had it, a modern day, right? Mm-hmm. I just don't want to see that huge bump in my screen. Mm-hmm. And like a lot of people that have had it. Like, they say when they originally got it, they didn't like it, but it kind of mm-hmm. grew on them. And I'm like, I feel from, I feel like from Apple's perspective, they're kind of looking at it as one of those, if it's not broke, don't fix it yet mm-hmm. type things. Because Apple, as we know, always takes their time with implementing things, but they try to make sure that they don't mess it up when they do implement it. So yeah, I would not be surprised if in a future iteration we finally see the whole punch type camera or some sort of thing that makes the notch a bit smaller. But I just feel like they're waiting. They're, t- they're, they're just waiting and taking as much time as they can get just to also give you more of a reason to buy the next model. But I think there's one key thing also in this because I think I feel that this is going to be the last year that they're going to use that big notch. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I say that is in at least in marketing right Mm -hmm. we've seen that this goes it's been a logic since even cars where they'll make about three or four generations Mm -hmm. and that's when you'll see a change that's when you actually see that big change so we've had how long have we had this notch for uh what iphone 10 iphone 11 iphone 12 this is what third iteration third iteration so probably by next year it's going to be completely different and when we get that nice refresh, I think that's when the hype's going to begin again. Yeah, I think you're actually right. Because, like, I'm thinking, and it's kind of the same thing with the 6 to 8 period. Mm-hmm. Still don't really know what happened to the 9. That just didn't exist. But the iPhone 6, I guess, mm, I don't really know. I forgot exactly how they released the whole 6S thing, if that was kind of in that same period or if that was actually a different year release. But... It was kind of the 6, and then the 7, then the 8, all kind of the same design, and then the 10. Mm-hmm. And so that was three years. This is technically the third year here. Mm-hmm. So maybe next year we're in for something new. What about the iPhone 4 to 5S? That's what I was kind of trying to think of. I'm not 100% sharp on the all of the previous generations. Like I don't remember exactly what the iPhone two and three look like so the iphone but one two and three they were very rounded they were kind of that silverish round, round yeah but right when you hit that four that's when you had that's when the box started mm-hmm. and every i don't know if you remember everyone loved that phone yeah. it was the phone that was great it felt great it looked nice and it mm-hmm. just worked and it was a tank too like you could drop those oh, things yeah. it was almost like a nokia to where it was durable and would last because you even see some people with like five S's and stuff still mm-hmm. today. I'm like, wow, that is honestly amazing. But I don't know. It, it's um, hopefully we get something different. I, I feel like Apple tries to not go longer than three years, at least from what we've seen. So next year, we'll probably be seeing something different. Mm-hmm. But I feel like they were just, you know, trying to push it for as long as they could still sprinkle in some upgrades but not something that big and so of course for other things um initially when i saw initially when i saw the device um it was like on the right side the right bottom side they have this kind of oval type cutout that i swear look like a fingerprint scanner and i got a bit excited for a second because I thought they finally made it, like, I don't really know how that would work in an actual real-life use case. Like, having, like, that would just be a little interesting on an iPhone. Uh, But I thought it was a fingerprint scanner. It was actually a 5G antenna. Um, Mm -hmm. 
but that that kind of made me a little sad. Apart from that, uh, of course, the iPhones this year, smaller bezels, um, relatively similar footprints to the past year designs. Um, they're switching from LCD to OLED on this iteration. I think for all the phones, don't quote me, but I'm pretty sure um, they're switching to OLED on all the phones. Uh, that means richer, richer blacks, deeper blacks, just overall better contrast and colors. And um, generally speaking, more battery efficient screens. And then, of course, you know, Apple's notorious for their screens breaking. So they made a point to discuss how these screens, their ceramic shield, they didn't even mention glass in the actual broadcast. They called it their ceramic shield. And Fancy. so it's supposed, <laughs> I know, I was like, okay. And so it's supposed to be, I think, uh, it's supposed to have four times the drop resistance of their past phones. And so <clears throat> I guess people will kind of, you know, determine that for themselves. But uh, that was kind of another one of the points. Uh, apart from that, the other changes to the 12, uh, it kind of has the same cameras as the previous uh, iteration, at least. We have the ultra wide and the wide cameras i think they might have tweaked the aperture a bit on the standard one um but i think the ultra wide is a 2.4 aperture and the wide is a 1.6 if you're into photography those are good things uh wide apertures more light and then we have an updated night mode that comes to all of the cameras including the front facing ones and then we get to this magsafe the magsafe inclusion so that was what kind is of the a, magsafe like, it's essentially, what I see it as is, it's pretty much a wireless charging pad that snaps straight to your phone. And so, I guess, in the past, a lot of people have always had these issues with determining where their phone's kind of uh, charging receiver for, this, for their wireless charging, like where it's located on their phone. Because then you have to be very accurate with where you put it on the wireless charging pad. And so I guess just to make the whole charging experience simpler, they kind of decided to put magnets straight into the phone, make a charging puck that'll snap straight to the phone, and then kind of like the MagSafe that used to be on the uh, MacBook series, like all of their MacBooks, you can just snap it off, snap it on, easy charging, and you don't have to worry about... I, I don't know how this will work with a phone, but essentially you could tug or trip on the cord essentially and the connector would snap off without dragging the whole device off the table that was kind of the original magsafe idea um but essentially it's a wireless charging pad that snaps on and then they also have some accessories i think which right now are pretty much just wallets of course they're going to have these third parties probably making like um phone mounts and stuff like for your car and all these things but I think the ones that Apple actually have are like these wallets that snap onto the back. And so that's kind of that. A little interesting, um, probably one of the biggest things that really came to the phone, really, apart from the design change. And all of that kind of comes to a price point of $799, which I think is the same as their, actually, I'm not sure if it's the same or a bit lower than their price point for last year's phone. But, uh, yeah, $799 for the iPhone 12. Mm, not terrible, not cheap, but it's an iPhone. I mean, with iPhone, you get that premium, you know? That's mm -hmm. what that's what you're getting. You're just getting a premium device that will work and it will last for years. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's what you're going to get. Of course. <laughs> yeah. A lot of these people uh, don't really keep them for years, but in essence. Obviously, like like myself i would rather use a phone for three to four years if possible mm -hmm. and with apple they allow you to do that because they'll push updates you know up to five years exactly which having the latest software can really help you out on your day-to-day -day workflow mm -hmm. it will really can change you know your end-to-end -end meets but then you have other companies which you know can't really say which they only give you sometimes only a year, which that's horrible. A year Especially updates. When you're like, yeah. It's so yeah. bad to where, you know, like, it's, okay. So like 
if you pay a thousand dollars for let's say an android right mm-hmm. and you only get two years that's not that great honestly exactly because again most people they're going to probably buy this phone and use it for multiple years i'm not planning on like having to buy a new phone like every year or so yeah that that's expensive exactly and we also look at our current time of corona right mm-hmm. are people really going to be blowing this kind of money on these phones <clears throat> i don't know but that's kind of the iphone 12 um obviously there to replace the 11 mm-hmm. i feel like it it should do pretty decent but I feel like the phone that might do better that they release this year is the one that comes next. All right. And so take us through that. So let's go with the iPhone 12 mini. It's a smaller footprint. It's definitely, you know, it's called the iPhone 12 mini for a reason. But realistically, it's a small phone that has all, we'll say latest specs, but not features. Hmm. So... You're not going to get, you know, the, uh, what's it called? The Apple raw for photography, but you get, like I said, you get all of the latest features in a small, smaller, you know, footprint, mm-hmm. which I'm not going to lie. I like a smaller phone. I like one yeah. where I can actually do everything with my thumb. And I think that's going to be the perfect phone for anyone who, let's say has small hands, right? Or they just need an iPhone to get the job done. And like we'll talk about later, the iPhone 12 base model, correct me if I'm wrong, that's the one that has all the special features? Or is it the um, Pro? The Pros have more features than the 12, but the 12 still have like, their own upgrades and stuff. But the Pro correct. Max has the most features. Like There's some like features that the Pro itself doesn't even have that the Pro Max does, but I guess we'll get to that. Yeah, we'll get to that later. But just talking about this phone, for the base user, like let's say you just need an, an upgrade, right? You can mm-hmm. get the mini and it has a 5.4 inch screen, which yep. is, that's going to do perfect. That's honestly like the perfect handheld phone for most people. Exactly. Because it's really shocking too, because I have an iPhone 7 Plus right now and its screen size is 5.5 inches. And so I'm like, this phone that has a smaller footprint than the 6, 7, and 8 has almost the same size screen as my larger 7 plus and like myself i have the moto g7 which it's you know last year's phone but has almost it's a 5.8 around 5.8 to 5.9 but that's a big screen like just that just that half inch makes such a big difference to where that one hand use i actually have to move all my apps to the lower part of the screen just to use that one hand and that's does the does the Moto G have like a like a thing that can bring the screen down for you? Yes. Well, okay. you have to get a launcher for that. Oh, okay. But what you can have is when you okay. click on the home, it brings mm-hmm. down the top notifications. Oh, just okay. like the base part. But if you get, you know, a launcher, you can actually have so it brings it all down for you. Okay. Because at least... I guess iPhone, they kind of probably got some complaints or something. I don't know if they just originally released it with this. But on their phones, if you double tap the home button, like not click, mm-hmm. but you actually double tap the home button, it brings the whole screen down for you. So that's then, nice. Exactly. So the stuff that's at the top of your phone, like the apps, you can reach it. Any of the stuff up there, you can reach it without having to stretch. And then if you don't interact with it, it'll go back up. But... That's kind of a cool feature that I thought it was kind of nice that they included uh, for the bigger screen phones. I don't know how the, how that works with like the iPhone 10 and up since you don't mm-hmm. have that home button. There's probably something that they put in that kind of helps you um, bring they the screen have down. Gestures. Exactly, because that screen's even bigger. So, And that's one thing we're seeing a lot is mo- more companies are moving towards gestures with their mm-hmm. updates because gestures are just way easier to use. They yeah. allow you to basically do everything with one hand. And I think that's what is great for a phone is if you can use the whole device in theory with one hand with your thumb, basically. Right. Yeah. And that's what we're moving to, which is great. Also, um, correct me if I'm wrong. Your guys is, um, what's it called? What's the, uh, center. 
The control center? Control center, where you just, is it swipe up, right? Yeah, you swipe up from the bottom. I think they changed that with the 10, because I think the home button is technically swiping up from the bottom. Mm. But at least on the 7, 8, all of those type of phones, you swipe up from the bottom and you have your whole control oh, center. That was, a be- that was a beautiful thing when it existed. Because mm-hmm. it was just so fluent. You just move up and boom. You can turn off your Wi-Fi, your data, Bluetooth. And mm-hmm. it was just so smooth. So what it comes down to, though, are you going to say something? Oh, no. Go ahead. And what it all comes really down to is, is it worth $700, though? Yeah. With all that or it comes with? Or, no, that's the Mini. Yeah. No, the Mini. Is it going to be worth it? Honestly, if you just need the basic, you know, necessities and you just want that, you know, all the latest kind of, we'll say specs. Mm -hmm. Because, I mean, you're still getting all the same features. Yeah. As the iPhone 12, just in a smaller. Yeah. Smaller situation. A smaller package. And like I said, it will get the job done for most everyday people. Mm -hmm. So if you like if you're part of the Apple ecosystem or you want to just get into it, this is the way to go. But now we move on to our break. Yeah, so we're going to take a quick break. Um, just, you know, sip some water and we'll be back right after this. left off talking about the 12 and the 12 mini and so now we're getting to the pro series or the pro phones and so go ahead and kind of walk us through that so what let's start off with some of the nice features so it is ip68 and what that means is it is water resistant and dust resistant so you're not going to you know see your ports get you know like filled up with dust and it just looks grimy it's going to be clean also means that you can, you know, accidentally drop your phone in the toilet or even in the bath if, you know, that happens. Mm-hmm. But for, you know, just minor little things, it'll work perfectly. You don't have to worry about it getting fried. You'll be safe, even in the rain. All that fun stuff. So now let's talk about <clears throat> let's talk about the screen size. From the last Pro, from the 11 Pro to the 12 Pro, it has improved from... inches to 6.1 small little upgrade but it's nice to have a little bit more real estate and it doesn't increase the footprint of the device so it means you're going to have thinner bezels so we also get lidar sensor which gives you better precision when it comes to your photos and your autofocus and obi you can talk more about that yeah, so like pretty much with LiDAR, it's kind of interesting because they, I think, introduced it in the iPad Pro, even though you're not really taking many pictures with the iPad Pro. But I think that was more uh, for the use case of like augmented reality. But pretty much like the LiDAR scanner, it's pretty much just to help uh, with better depth perception in images and kind of like in scenarios like once again, AR and kind of those things. And then at least in the photo aspect, it'll help you with portrait mode, especially in low light situations where it's kind of harder for the camera to autofocus. The LiDAR would kind of help it be able to distinguish different aspects of the image and essentially autofocus better and quicker. Yeah, which honestly, when we have those special moments, let's say with our kids, pulling out the photo, pulling out your phone and to snap a picture real quick, when you know they're running around or moving, those are the perfect moments that you're going to want this, that you're mm-hmm. going to have this, and it's just going to work right out of the box. So we also get wide, ultra-wide, and telephoto, which means for those, you know, let's say family events, right? Or even for those morning skies, you're going to be able to get a way bigger image on your phone or when it takes it. 
So instead of you getting this crop small little area, you get to see a way bigger range. And that's definitely something like I miss. Like I'm still in the seven plus. I think I talked about this earlier, but I definitely wish I could have that ultra wide because I just find myself wanting a wider image more than I want a cropped in image. So like there are more instances that I'm trying to like get more stuff into the picture than trying to like zoom in on something like, I don't know, maybe other people have like different, you know, experiences. But for me, I just feel like the ultra wide was definitely the bit the like a good move, which I guess is why they did it in the 11. Probably more people were asking for that, but the iPhone 12 or the 12 Pro and tw- uh, Pro Max. Same thing with the 11 Pro and the 11 Pro Max. They all they have all three, so can't yeah. really complain. Which, it's great. Um, it's beautiful. I've seen pictures. Um, You know, even from the 11, they look great. And even from how they showed, you know, during the Apple event, they look great as well. So, <clears throat> now let's move on to HDR video recording, which will be in 10-bit color depth. Now, what that means is your color range is going to be huge. Also meaning that not just your color, but also your sharpness, if I'm correct, Obi. I think so. At least for 10-bit, because they have their 10-bit color depth, and then they have the HDR recording. And so that HDR will definitely just help with, you know, your dynamic range, of course, and just the colors, your dynamic range, and then in some ways sharpness and then of course you have your color depth which will just help you be able to capture more colors more precisely and so definitely for people that are using their phones for more i guess professional scenarios or really just want the most out of their phone this will definitely be a pretty big plus and i have to and i think oh go ahead i was gonna say just dynamic range is such a big thing that you know a lot of Mm -hmm. people don't look at when they're taking photos Mm-hmm. But dynamic range will really make sure that every little detail is there without mm-hmm. it, you know, looking pixelated or grainy. And we've all seen those, you know, old phones where the pictures are grainy and it doesn't look nice at the end of the day. You know, sometimes you want to grab these pictures and hang them on your wall or have them as a backdrop wallpaper. Yeah. And so uh, that was, I guess, one of two kind of as software focus um focused improvements that they made because they also had the apple pro raw which if you're a photographer you know that uh, you have your raw files and then you have like your jpeg and so of course raw allows you to capture more data in your image so then when you go back in posts you can you know edit things a little bit more precisely and get more you just get more out of the editing experience you're able to edit things to a higher extreme without kind of, you know, getting extra noise added in mm-hmm. or losing the quality in your image. And so I don't think this is being released out of the gate. I think it's supposed to be something that comes with an update, but they are, you know, introducing that as an option, which I just think is really cool because especially with these cameras getting as powerful as they are, it's great that you'll actually be able to really utilize it. Cause at least for me, I had to kind of get a third-party app, like the Moment Photo app, which kind of gives you access to all of these manual settings. Mm-hmm. And so having access to manual settings like that on a phone like this, I feel like you can really just get like some really high-quality pictures. Yeah. And, you know, sum it up, this all will only run you about $1,000. And you also are getting 128 gigabytes. Like, for a starting phone that goes for $1,000 from Apple to be starting off, with 120, 128, that's awesome. Normally, you see them yeah. starting with 64 gigabytes, yep. which, if you don't know, software on the phone, just the base <laughs> software, it takes up almost half. Oh, yeah. Of that. It takes a pretty hefty chunk. To where you only have 32 gigabytes. And I don't know about you, but if you're someone who takes a lot of selfies or, you know, screenshots, you you just blow through that in a few months. Like, mm-hmm. it's it's bad but having 120 gigabytes mean let's say the operating system's only maybe 20 gigabytes you still have a hundred to do whatever you like but you also have the cloud which that will also make storage even better yeah of course you have to pay i think how much how much i think they give you like five gigabytes i don't remember free and once you use that you have to pay so i just use google photos and yeah lose a bit of quality but 
<clears throat> that's kind of nice. So after that, um, of course, we get our Pro Max. And so the Pro Max comes with its own upgrades. It goes from the previous year's 6.5 inch screen to 6.7 inches. So a bit less than we saw on the iPhone Pro, which I think was 0.3 uh, inches of growth. But for this one, it's 0.2. And then our screen, of course, it's not, you're not coming to iPhone for a 4K screen. The screen is a 27, uh, a 2,778 by 1,284 P screen. So it's not a bad screen, but it's not a super sharp one either. It's not. Before an iPhone, good. It's not like, you know, like the Samsung Galaxy phones where you're yeah. hitting what, like 2K, 3K? Yeah. And so, of course, for an iPhone, pretty crisp. It's going to look good. Colors are going to look pretty nice. So, for most people, that shouldn't be much of an issue. After that, you know, they also kind of talked about how the screen's going to be 1200 nits peak brightness. So, that's really good for, you know, outdoor conditions where maybe you are taking those pictures. 458 pixels per inch. So, once again, pretty decent quality screen. And then some of the other features that just come with the Pro Max. I'm not sure if this one just comes with the Pro Max or not. Uh, but we do have Deep Fusion on the Pro Max, which is kind of this feature um, that you're able to use on all four cameras. But it's kind of something that they cover that's supposed to essentially reduce noise and kind of improve the detail in photos taken in medium to low light conditions that are, I guess, would most typically be indoors. But that was kind of an interesting thing. Not a hundred percent like clear on that but that's one of the things on the iphone pro max though something that we get that isn't on any of the other phones is that you do have your wide ultra wide and telephoto lenses but unlike the pro which has a two time uh crop like a two time zoom the iphone pro max gets a 2.5 telephoto zoom don't know how much though i guess that's still 0.5 so it's still going to do some pretty significant things but not the biggest thing to you know brag about but that is something that you're not getting on any of the other it's phones it's kind of something that it's going to be nice but at the same time it's not you're probably not going to see the biggest difference mm -hmm. once again i just feel like you don't really use telephoto that much um you know if you need to telephoto you're normally using a proper camera anyway mm -hmm. but i don't know that's just something nice they added um, I think there was also some talks about a upgraded sensor with different image stabilization. Uh, they handle image stabilization a bit differently. Also a bigger sensor. I think that's only on the Pro Max. Not sure. But I guess they were kind of just trying to squeeze in these things to the Pro Max that make it a bit more convincing for people to buy over the Pro. And so all of that is coming to a total price of $10.99, so $100 more. And that also starts at 128 gigabytes. But for the most part, that was pretty much uh, it for the event. The iPhone 12 and 12 Pro pre-order opens on the 16th of October and is available the following week on the 23rd. Kind of likewise, the iPhone 12 Pro Max and the 12 mini pre-order opens November 6th and is available on the 13th. And so... After all of this, they kind of, you know, showed us their lineup a bit to kind of give us an idea of how their pricing tiers work. And so we have the SE that starts at $399, the XR that starts at $499, the 11 that starts at $599, the 12 that starts at $699, and the 12 Pro that starts at $999. And so they kind of are trying to have those phones at all those different price points, but I'm not sure when the... It's kind of interesting to me, at least that they had the XR in there because that is a decently old phone now. I think it's like two years old. And so I don't know if a refresh might be coming to that um, at that same price point, but I think it's now older than the SE because I think the SE is on its second generation. You're and correct. So, yeah, that's <coughs> kind of interesting. Their price tiering or their price tier that they have but, kind of uh, going on. But I would say though, if you don't want to blow $700 on a phone, you can go get last year's model, the 11, for 600 And I still think that would be a great phone for most people. That's what I'm saying. Like, me personally, I've stopped, like, buying new phones. Like, all my phones I buy used now. 
from trusted websites, of course, because, you know, I'm not trying to have something just break on me. Yeah. But it just makes more sense to buy a slightly older model that is still going to last you than to go and, like, splash, like, on these, uh, like, models from the current year. Because, like, really the features that you're getting is not really that much of an upgrade from the previous generation. So I just don't really see... The reason for me to go and spend something like how much is the pro max like a thousand ninety nine dollars basically one when i can go and get like, exactly when i can go and get something like the 11 pro max or the 10s max mm-hmm. for a much more affordable price and i think even with our current times right now you know mm-hmm. people aren't going to be trying to be blowing a lot of money unless exactly. you really this- have that money in your pocket most people probably aren't going to be buying exactly. this many iPhones. Maybe if you have these upgrade plans, like if I'm right, I, I, if if I'm right, the uh, iPhone, if you upgrade from the last model to the new one, I think it becomes a few hundred dollars cheaper. Yes, it is cheaper. I, do, <clears throat> I, I think I was looking at that at one point and it does actually work out like you, you're actually saving a decent amount. As long as uh, you're one generation behind. But if you go yeah. anywhere past that, it's not worth the money. Yeah. Because the trade in value. The trade in value drops. drops real fast. And like I said, you can either go get the iPhone 11 new from Apple for 600 or go get it used, like, like Obi was saying, from another website. And, you know, you could probably what, get the uh, Max for probably yep. the same price or, or, you know, close to it. Yeah. So I don't know. Of course, it's all up to, you know, the consumer who's purchasing it. Mm-hmm. But from at least for me, from a college I would, student, yeah, I got to pay for things. I got to pay for loans, tuition, still got to buy a car. So, like, I got other things to throw that money in thousand dollars on than like a phone. And but I was gonna say, one thing that uh, and let's say. You know, you're not stuck on the Apple Apple ecosystem. You could also mm-hmm. go look at getting yourself a Pixel 4a right now, which yeah, if you want some nice photos, you know, go get grab that for 350 bucks, and you'll get you know all those great photos for probably what like one third of the price. Yep, <laughs> much more affordable. So I guess it's really just up to the you know the consumer what they're what they want in a phone what they're willing to pay for it Mm -hmm. but i just don't you know see the necessity in buying you know the flagship model every year honestly like think about what you could put that thousand dollars towards so many other things exactly you could put it towards like you said in your case maybe saving up for a car you know it could be towards helping your business or for all that coffee you need (laughs) so i don't know of course it's up to the consumer but that was pretty much the event from october 13th um i would say some of the biggest highlights were at least for me the things that actually interested me were probably magsafe um the bezels to screen ratio uh, better battery performance and then in the pro max models you have things like uh the raw and hdr video that i'm kind of pretty uh pretty excited for and honestly it's going to be nice to see how those photos come out though mm-hmm. i think that's the biggest thing for me is like i like a phone that has you know decent specs but that camera needs to be there exactly you need to have it for those like i said for those few special moments or maybe, I don't know if you've seen how they have even photographers who use iPhones for their, you know, daily stuff. Which, it's very few cases. Mm-hmm. But if it can take guess, great Especially shots, for, like, street photographers, yeah. too. If like, it just makes their kits so much, like, It makes it smaller, simple, clean. Convenient. A smaller footprint. They don't have to worry about, like, attracting attention. So, I feel like for a street photographer, it could definitely be pretty, pretty crucial. Oh, yeah. But I don't know. Apart from that, I guess some other key things that they did kind of mention during the uh, the broadcast. Um, in this generation, we do get their new A14 Bionic chip, 
which is smaller um, but more powerful. And they kind of claim that the CPU will be 50% faster than any other smartphone chip currently on the market. That's a bold claim. That is a very bold claim. I feel like it's also subjective because faster on their phone. Like it, I don't know what the actual you know tests will come out to if it'll actually show 50% faster. But you also have to take into consideration the fact their chip is optimized for their phone. Yeah. And it's not really something that can be interchanged between other devices. Oh, uh, correct. So that was kind of interesting. It's also supposed to be 30% more efficient than last year, which will once again contribute to that battery life. And of course, we can't forget four times more drop resistant. So what does that look like, though? That's the, what I am a little unsure so about. So now, like, does that mean I'll still get a scuff? Like if I drop it on concrete, I think for sure it's a gonna if it ha- what's what's the back on it right now is it glass or is it metal uh it's also glass it's glass yes most yeah. likely that's gonna crack doesn't matter what scenario it is but you know if it can withstand you know what's it called like that new screen you know ding scratches maybe even keys mm-hmm. in your pocket i'll take that because you gotta admit when you have scratches on your screen dude those are not like you, you yeah. notice that every day. Like you're just gonna be like trying to scrub it away. It's like nope, that's that's permanently there now. <laughs> that's staying there. You will that's see it there. every day that you have that phone for but, the rest of the time you have that phone. So. But I think majority of people still though are gonna be buying cases because yeah. like any smart iPhone owner, yeah, will get a case and most likely a screen protector. Yeah, exactly. Like, no matter what phone you get, I know there's some people who like the natural naked yeah, look uh, of the phone. No, those people are psychos, bro. <laughs> like, I, like, I've seen them, bro. If you're one of those people that just carries your phone, no screen protector, no case, I'm sorry, but you are a psycho. Don't be like, wrong. Looks are nice, but at the same time, if I put $1,000 on a phone, I want that I, thing I to sure be protected. I sure as hell want it to last. Like, <laughs> exactly. Like, a lot of money went into you. Like, excuse me. <laughs> what? It's a big purchase. All it takes is one oops, <laughs> bounces off the table. That's $1,000 down the drain. Because you know Apple is not going to like be like, oh, we understand. This happens to everyone. Here, have a new phone. No, they're going to be like, oh, you didn't pay for Apple Care? Ha! Huh? Sucks to be you. $1,000, please. But like, a, a little side topic, though, about Apple Care, though. Apple Care isn't always the best. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've heard any horror stories. but Oh, yeah. Um, there have definitely been people that have still gotten played by Apple. <laughs> I actually know 100%. someone who uh, they ended up buying, I think it was, I want to say it was the iPhone X Max when it came out, right? Mm-hmm. And just about a month later, they dropped it, and guess what? It cracked. And they went to Apple say, hey, I need this to be fixed. They're like, yeah, that's going to cost you 600 bucks. And they're like, you're joking, right? Yeah, because like Apple Care isn't even necessarily like will repair your phone when this happens. Like in some instances, I feel like for them, it's more if something happens, it's out of the user's control that replace it free. Mm-hmm. But for everything else, it's just you'll get a discount. Yeah. And we all know Apple discounts. It's, it's, it's not really much. Apple so. discount with that premium on top. Oh, yeah. You, you know they'd be charging that, that bonus. Like, what? Oh, yeah. Oh, my goodness. But I don't know. That also will run you money, too. So, <laughs> uh, Just get a case. Get a good quality case, good quality screen protector, and, you know, you'll be fine. Yeah, that's pretty much. But, yeah, apart from that, that's kind of the event. So, do you have anything else that you kind of noticed that you want to talk about? Um, I don't think really noticed. I think a lot of it's just going to be coming down to just wait and see how it comes out. Just see mm-hmm. what people think. Because I'm really probably going to be the guy who's more towards the uh, that CPU being faster and mm-hmm. the battery life. Because, uh, I don't know if you've seen, but a lot of people be are editing videos on their iPads now. Oh, yeah. So if they're using this A4 chip, you know, put that in there and you just edit videos extremely fast. Photos, too. Like, it's basically, iPads are basically a computer now. Yeah. I've been seeing, like, a lot of people, too, have been, like, uh, have been switching over to, like, 
some of the iPad line mm-hmm. as opposed to getting like a MacBook or a MacBook Air just because they don't feel that they need that whole step up to a computer, but they still want the productivity that kind of a computer offers. Um, there's also, and so it's definitely a good offer. I was going to say there's also a, a lot of people doing music production there as well. Like yeah. the music production options on there are very wide to where you have a lot you can do on there. And I'm just like, you know what? I just want to see these things keep on, what is it? Keep improving over time. Because it's mm-hmm. going to get to a point where Apple, they may make it to where you could sideload, you know, uh, desktop applications, which that would be cool. Don't think that will ever happen. Yeah, it's Apple. The, the word sideload scares them. <laughs> that will not happen. But if that were to happen, you know, you wouldn't have to buy, you know, a MacBook Air anymore. Or I'm still waiting because in their latest software update, I think, uh, at least for Mac, they're supposed to make it so mobile apps are a bit more portable. Well, not, not portable as in carry, but you can kind of port them to computer. And so you can actually have more of the apps that you would have on a, uh, on a mobile phone on your computer. Because I think a lot of the stuff they talked about was kind of just making that um, kind of uh, unified system where everything across both platforms kind of looks the same, feels the same, works the same. And, and so just kind of tightening that ecosystem. And I think for one thing for that to be nice, though, and this is more towards a business aspect, is Instagram. Everyone knows Instagram is one of the biggest you know social media apps out there, right? Mm-hmm. But the thing is, you can't upload photos from your computer. Yeah. Not going to lie, the website is better than it used to be. They've been oh, making no. a lot yeah. of slow and steady improvements. You know, you can see stories, notifications, respond to messages. But if, but, but you can't add just be photos nice. or videos. And I'm like, think about exactly. all these, you know, let's say models, right? Or people who are, uh, was it, public figures. If all they had to do was, you know, on their computer, edit the photos and then just upload Instagram through an app. So much easier. So much easier than doing AirDrop or, you know, was it Google Drive or all these alternatives that would just be instant. Mm-hmm. But I guess that's more of a thing towards Instagram, not really, you know, Apple. Yeah. Yeah, but I don't know. That's all I have, at least Same on uh, yeah the launch. So I guess we'll go ahead and wrap it up. All right. So I don't know what we're going to be talking about next week, but uh, it should be something pretty interesting. A lot of stuff's been going on, so we have a lot of stuff we can talk about. Oh yeah. But until then, thank you for listening, guys. We'll go ahead and tune out, and we'll see you next week. All right.